Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. It's really good to see you today. Um, we are in part two of our series, Hangry. Um, and this is all about how we can make our best decisions in our lowest moments. And in this series, we are using a key passage. Um, and it's about Jesus in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights he'd been fasting. Um, and I'm going to focus on a time where he was tested. He was tested after not eating for 40 days. He was tested three times. And I'm going to focus on one of those times today. So if you have a Bible, if you want to follow along, um, this is found in Matthew chapter 4. And it says this, verse 1 to 4, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So in this series, we are recognizing that life sometimes can leave us feeling hangry. It can leave us feeling empty, tired, disappointed, weak, like something is missing, or like we are stuck in a full-on wilderness. Life can leave us feeling hangry. But from this account, we're going to look at how Jesus makes a good decision, a better decision, and how we can do that in our own lives. So let me pray for us, and then we will dive right in. Jesus, we invite you into this moment, into the next 15 to 20 minutes. God, we invite you to speak to us. God, we pray that we would leave with something from you this morning. I pray, God, that you would just translate my words into every heart, every situation, every need. And if you want to hear from God today, you can say amen. Amen. So good. Um, In the 1960s, a Stanford professor started doing some psychological studies um, that were really important and a bit groundbreaking. And one of these studies was called the Marshmallow Experiment. Um, And if you've heard of this, you will know that they um, took a child into a private room, sat them on a chair, and on a table in front of them, they placed one marshmallow. And then the researcher struck a deal with the child and said, if you don't eat the marshmallow before I come back, I'm going to leave the room. If you don't eat this one marshmallow, then when I come back, I will give you another marshmallow and you will have two marshmallows. So the deal was simple, one treat now or two treats later. And then the researcher proceeded to leave the room for 15 minutes. And so you can imagine that the footage of the children waiting alone in the room was hilarious because they were fidgeting and wriggling in their seats. Some, as soon as the researcher closed the door, leapt forward and ate the marshmallow off the table. Others waited a little while and then gave in after a few minutes. And only a few managed to wait the whole time and receive the second marshmallow. Um, And it was a brilliant study and a demonstration of how easily we can give in to instant gratification. Um, And before we put that down, just to like the lack of willpower in children, who thinks they would have eaten the first marshmallow? Who would have given in? (gasps) We've, okay, a couple of people are being honest. Thank you, thank you so much. A couple of people in the room being honest in the chat, let us know if you would have given in to the first marshmallow, I definitely would have. Um, But 
regardless of whether we would have waited or not, we all know that temptation to give in to instant gratification, don't we? Like we all have experienced moments where we choose to forego the elusive second marshmallow because we want the marshmallow that is right in front of us and we choose the instant over the delay, even if the delay is better. Like we have all experienced this. We know that we have stayed in instead of exercising. We know that we have chosen to watch yet another episode instead of doing some work. We know that we've chosen to have a dessert instead of eating well. Like we've all chosen what is instant, what is easy over the delay, even if the delay is better like we we know that instant gratification is something that we all struggle with and it's not a new problem either so like 2000 bc we read a story of a guy who did exactly the same thing like he had been working outside all day he was super hungry when he got in from work um, and his brother was cooking so he came into the house and said look i'm starving give me some of that food Um, and typical brother didn't want to do something nice without getting something out of it so we read what happens in genesis chapter 25 his brother says to him, all right, but trade me your first, your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, says Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. So in this story, Esau was so hangry. He was so hungry that he swapped his birthright, like his blessing, his inheritance, the promises of God. He swapped that for some lentil stew. Like what a crazy decision in that moment. And that seems crazy to us, like choosing that kind of like instant gratification and foregoing what was going to be this amazing blessing in his life. But if we're honest, we all do the same. We have all done the same. At times in life, we can lose sight of the bigger picture. We can lose sight of what is better and settle for what is easy, for what is instant, and what is immediate. And especially when we're hungry, like especially in those moments where we're feeling empty or we're feeling frustrated or like we're feeling like life's a bit of a challenge, how much more so can we make poor decisions in that moment and we lose sight of what is in front of us, of what is bigger, and better and all that matters right now is what in front of us it's like when we're hangry it's like we become short-sighted and it's like all we can see is our need all we can see is our lack all we can see is what's going on around us all we can see is that negative circumstance all we can see is that person that has been frustrating us all we can see is that thing that we don't have that we want all we can see when we're hungry is what's right in front of us and we forget what is beyond we forget that there's something better and because we can't see what's beyond because we can't see what's better we settle for what's instant and ultimately when we're short-sighted we settle for second best just like the kids with the marshmallows just like Esau did we can settle for second best when we lose sight of what is better what is bigger and we start to settle whether it's in our health in our finances in our relationships whether it's in our faith even and just to like address the Christians (laughs) for a moment 
like as I was preparing this, I just felt like there, were, there might be people listening today and maybe the promise of God seems a really long time in coming. And so you've been tempted to settle for taking things into your own hands. Or maybe you're listening today and the calling that God has for you, his purpose and his plans and the potential that is within you seems so far away and you've lost sight of it. And so you've settled for a lukewarm faith. Or maybe your uh, sense of identity and value and calling in Christ uh, has you've lost sight of it and again you're settling for shortcuts or compromised standards and when we find ourselves in the wilderness when we find ourselves hangry empty frustrated whatever it is we lose sight of the promise of God we lose sight of our purpose and the potential that is placed within us and we compromise we take shortcuts and we settle ultimately for what is temporary what is instant and what is second best and this was a choice before Jesus in the wilderness. So he'd been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry. He was experiencing symptoms of starvation. And at that point, Satan comes to him to test him. And he says, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And this was a temptation to take a shortcut and settle for second best. And um, instead of giving in like most of us would have instead of taking a shortcut taking the easy route Jesus shows us a better way and he shows us the solution to settling for second best he replies it is written man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God and what I find really interesting is in this moment Jesus could have responded with anything like he could have responded with calling fire down from heaven he could have used wisdom and logic beyond like time and eternity he could have like blinded the enemy with a display of his glory but in that moment he chooses to respond with it is written it is written he had found something that was better than the instant that was worth waiting for it is written and one commentator one commentator reflects on this verse and he says Jesus used scripture to battle Satan's temptation not some elaborate spiritual power inaccessible to us. Jesus fought this battle as fully man and he drew on no special resources unavailable to us. Outflash the sword of the spirit. Our Lord will fight with no other weapon. He could have spoken new revelations, but chose to say it is written. And Jesus had found something that was worth the wait, worth the delay. He had found something more valuable than the instant, the immediate. He had found something more important than food or bread. He had found something that sustained him in the wilderness. And that was the word of God. The word of God was the solution to settling for second best. It was a solution to giving in to the instant and the immediate. And because in the word of God, Jesus had seen something bigger he had seen something better he had seen the history of God's provision and his faithfulness he had seen God's promises he had seen God's goodness he had seen the promises of what was to come he knew that in that moment 
was the um, it was the threshold of the greatest moment in history that on his obedience hung the salvation of the entire world that through his death and resurrection everybody could have access to God everybody could have access to salvation and through the word of God he saw something better than the instant better than giving in to the immediate better than compromising better than taking shortcuts he saw the promise of God and in the wilderness he was sustained by the word of God that showed him something better and if church if Jesus responded that way how much more should we If Jesus responded by saying, it is written, how much more should we respond with the word of God to lift our gaze beyond our surroundings, to be able to take our eyes off our need, off our present, off the instant, and to fix our eyes again on the promises of God, of the potential that he has placed in us, on his calling, to fix our eyes again on his goodness and his faithfulness and his kindness that knows no bounds, his love that knows no limits, on his grace that is poured out on us new every day the word of God lifts our gaze beyond what is present beyond what is temporary and it causes us not to settle for second best Psalm 119 says that the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path and what this tells me is that when we can only see what is right in front of us when we can only see our present circumstances the word of God illuminates our path and shows us something better it shows us something beyond what we see right now and it shows us the way forward it shows us his promises it shows us his goodness it shows us something better and if you're listening today and it's like you can't see beyond your present I fully believe that the word of God can illuminate your path and show you something better and I believe like as we even if today it feels like you've lost all vision for your life, if it feels like you've lost all vision for a relationship, for your career, if you've lost all vision for your faith even, as we feed off the word of God, I believe that it will sustain us, it will strengthen us and it will show us again God's purposes, his plans and the potential that he has placed within us. The word of God sustains us in the wilderness and it stops us settling for second best um and when planning this series we wanted to make it super practical we've called it a wisdom for life series and um the aim is to take some age-old wisdom and apply it to our lives today in 2021 um and so what we want to do is each week we want to give a habit making it really practical a way that we can apply the wisdom of god to our lives the way that we can apply what jesus did to our lives and so this week's habit is to eat well to eat well feeding off the word of god um in his book the divine mentor um wayne cordero writes about a bakery that he visits now and then and he goes to visit this bakery and um if you line up outside this bakery not when it opens but at midnight you will see a queue of people snaking around the alleyways waiting for this bakery to open so that they can order fresh bread and this author just talks about how the smell of it fills the air for what seems like miles around and these people queue for hours because they don't want something stale they don't want something even that they have to wait a few hours for they want something that is fresh and the author goes on to share how God is partial 
to fresh bread. And God is partial to something that is fresh because he knows that it sustains us. He knows that it nourishes us. That's why manna was sent daily. That's why Jesus said to pray, um, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread, something fresh, something that isn't stale. Um, because he knows that, um, that when, we, when we feed off what is what is old, we feed off what is temporary, when we feed off what is processed or engineered, when we feed off something that is, is not of him, that's not of his fresh word, then it doesn't nourish us and it doesn't sustain us. So Jesus says, pray every day, give us this day our daily bread. Every day, God has something new for you. Today, today, <laughs> God has something new for you. He has a new word to speak to you, something that will sustain you, something that will strengthen you. Today, he has something new for you, something fresh, something that he's going to strengthen you. And so this week's habit is to eat well, to feed off the word of God, basically to create a new Bible habit, a fresh Bible habit, to get the word of God into our lives. And so this is going to look different for all of us. Like we're all at different stages of life and of faith. So this is going to look different but what I want you to do is for the moment think about what does eating well look like for me this week what does eating well of the word of God look like for me so if on a scale of one to ten you are a one at the moment and you don't read the bible at all like it's not part of your routine then think about what would it look like to move to a, a two and if you are on the higher end of the scale and you are nailing your Bible routine, you are feeding off that word of God every day, what does it look like to dive deeper? What does it look like to move to the next level? What does it look like maybe to fast a meal this week and instead use that time to dive into the word of God? All of us can do something new, something new to feed off the fresh word of God. So wherever you're at. And what I want to do is just finish by giving us a really practical way of doing this because I know that um, creating a new habit can either seem daunting or hopeless based on how habits go in our lives. Um, but I want to give you a tip that has really helped me. So in his book, Atomic Habits, James Clear introduces the concept of habit stacking. Um, and one of the best ways to build a new habit is to identify a current behavior and then stack your new habit on top of it. So you identify something that's already a habit and then you stack your new one on top of it. And he gives um, a formula for it. He says, after current habit, I will new habit. And so it's creating a, a stack, it's creating a pattern. So after current habit, I will new habit. So with exercising, for example, you could say, after I take off my work shoes, I'm immediately gonna put on my workout clothes. If you wanted to um, have, new, have gratitude as a habit in your life, you could say, after every meal, I will immediately say one thing that I am thankful for. And it's a way of grounding that habit in our lives. So in creating a new Bible habit, use this formula. If it's tricky for you in creating something that's a daily habit, use this formula. Um, it's so helpful. So you could say, for example, in creating a Bible habit, um, find something that's already a habit and stick it on top. So after I make a cup of tea in the morning, I'm going to read two verses 
or after I drop the kids off at school, I'm going to read a chapter, or after I open Instagram, I'm immediately going to open the Bible app straight after. Whatever it is, identify a current habit and then stack that new habit on top. But the key to is attached to is to attach your desired behaviour to something that you already do. And so wherever you are at today, whatever level you find yourself at in reading the Word of God, let me encourage you to eat well this week, to feed off the fresh Word of God that will sustain you, that will strengthen you, that will lift your gaze. As you do, I fully believe that it will sustain us, strengthen us so that we don't settle for second best in areas of our lives. We get a glimpse again of God's promise. We get a glimpse again of his purpose and the potential that he has placed within us. Like this past year may have left you feeling hangry, like you are stuck in a wilderness. But by following Jesus's example, by applying that wisdom to our lives, we can make the best decisions even at our lowest moments and ultimately step in to the new thing that God has waiting for us on the other side of this moment. So God has a new word to speak to you today, church. He's got something new in store for you. So let's eat well and feed off the word of God. Let me pray for us to finish. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that we have this amazing love letter that it is from heaven god we thank you that we have words of wisdom that can strengthen us and sustain us and truly satisfy us and god i pray for every person that feels hangry right now god for everybody that feels a little bit weak a little bit tired a little bit frustrated god that this week as we eat well i pray that we would be nourished and sustained and strengthened by your word god i pray that you would help us not to be short-sighted god not to settle where we are but to get a glimpse again of how good you are how great you are of the promises that you have for us god of the potential that you have for us god for our purpose and the mission that you have for us to go and reach a lost world. God, I pray that you would remind us and give us a glimpse again as we feed off your word this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, what we're going to do now is we are going to um, we're going to worship with a song together, and this just declares that the promises of God will never fail. And I am going to rely on every promise that God makes. So let's lean in and let's worship along to this song. Oh, I'm standing. 